Welcome to the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast. Today's episode is a recording of a class that Scott gave last week up at Wildly Natural Foods in Farmington. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so let's get started. I I guess I'll introduce myself for anyone that doesn't know. I'm Scott James. I'm an herbalist. I was trained by Dr. James, who's a naturopathic medical doctor, who treated clients for over 35 years and had a lot of success. He is the creator of our herbal formulas, at least most of them, a couple of them are my formulas. But um, over his years of practice, the, that's where the formulas came from, is he would treat somebody for arthritis and they would get better with that, or they, he would, sorry, he would start treating somebody for arthritis, and if he couldn't find something on the market to take care of it, he would create a formula that would do it. Uh, or he would treat thyroid problems, or he would treat um, adrenal problems, and if he couldn't take care of it with something on the market, he would create a formula to do it. It was actually, he always said, I never wanted to create formulas. I wanted to be an herbalist and go into business and just tell him, go and get these other awesome formulas that somebody else makes. But because he couldn't get enough success with doing that, he made his own formulas. And we are so thankful he did because they're awesome. So um, it's kind of a tribute to my dad because he died six months ago. And... um, he was amazing at what he did. Um, this is the little book, actually, it's not up for purchase right now. Generally, we give it away to store clerks. So they have the basis of being able to do what Dr. James did. His goal for everyone was for them to become independent in their health. Now, when Dr. James typed this book, he did it on a typewriter. So it was very cut to the chase, as it says in the front. He had used as minimal typing as possible. Today, we can cut and paste the same sentence over and over, and he didn't want to have to type that on a manual typewriter over <laughs> and over. So um, I'm going to kind of decode this co- this book for you so you understand a little bit better how to use it, um, how to work with people, whether it's just for yourself that you're taking care of or whether you are a store clerk in a health food store um, or you're wanting to actually practice with clients. The wonderful thing about Dr. James' formulas are they're so good at what they do, you don't have to know a massive amount to be able to get success with taking care of the health problems. So, um, let me see. There's, we'll start in the book. It's, most of the book is just different elements. You probably won't be able to see it on the screen, but here, I'll, I'll move forward so you can see here for these people. Can you see? has different elements. Um, so I'm going to talk about a couple of them. Now, um, I'll talk about them first in, in general because what it does is there's a... Um, let's take one for instance. Which one should we do? Let's do anemia. Asthma. Let's do asthma. Okay, so for asthma... For instance, it recommends ammonia um, 1-3 a day, or flinop 1-3 a day, so 1-3 to three a day. Um, and then, But at the top it says, refer to the allergy section, because whenever anyone has asthma, you always want to treat allergies, because allergies make the asthma worse. But the main thing, so it says, um, the herbs that it shows here for asthma, it shows ammonia, um, flinop, hay as, B-complex, C-complex, and then it's older, so it still has our colloidal mineral, which it's actually combined with our, the one that says the mineral and colloidal mineral are now PM mineral and they're one formula. Um, then it also says detoxylation, multivitamin, and MSN. So it's kind of confusing when you read asthma, oh, do I have to take all of these things? Do I have to take ammonia, phlegma, payas, B-complex, C-complex, uh, PM mineral, detoxylation, multivitamins, and MSN? No, you don't have to take them all. <laughs> um, generally, you want to know the basis of where to start. Where do you start? Ammonia. They're put in the most important. In, um, the most important is the top one, and then the next, and then the next, and the next. And this, the very first thing it says, allergies. So you should use hay as to help with allergies. If someone has allergies and their asthma is worse during allergy season, then you should use hay as number one to take care of those allergies. And then you should use ammonia. Um, to help the lungs with their elasticity, and sometimes there's a lot of phlegm involved in asthma, so sometimes you need phlegm up. And with ammonia and phlegm up, you use one to three. Now, antispas 
is not in this um, book, but it is what we use for um, instead of an inhaler. If somebody has to use a rescue inhaler that they just can't breathe and they're, they're having problems, um, they would take a dropper full of asthma, be uh, sorry, of antispaz before they took their inhaler, and generally it makes it so they don't need their inhaler. Now, if they still are having a problem after the first dropper full, they can take another dropper full, and if that doesn't do it, then you should use the inhaler. But very rarely will they have to go to an inhaler. So that helps with the emergency, um, emergency situations when it comes to asthma. But in general healing, it's ammonia and phlegm up and hay as that are the main herbs. So what I was talking about in these, and I'll take some questions here in just a minute. Um, so when you read through this book, there's going to be several times where it will say 1x3, actually that's not a good example, let me find another one. Now I can't find one. Oh, here we go. This one says 1-3x1-3. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, so what that means is uh, one, one time a day all the way up to three, three times a day. Does that make sense? So 1-3x1-3 means one, one time a day, all the way up to three, three times a day. So it would be one to three, one to three times a day. Yeah, so it's one a day to nine a day. Okay? Does that make sense? So this is how Dr. James typed it out. So that's why I'm trying to help decode it a little bit so you'll be able to use it. Also, the section that you can buy if you um, want this book it's actually in the reality of herbal therapy. This is just the sections cut out of the reality of herbal therapy. So all of these are actually in the reality of herbal therapy. And it goes from page 106 to 160 uh, that has all of the different elements in it. If you have that book and you want to actually reference it for those on the website. Um, so does that make sense? Hopefully that made a little bit of sense. So I'm going to go over it again. So one dash 3x3-3 means 1 a day to 9 a day. And you generally split it up, Dr. James generally split it up three times. So it does that several times. I'll show you, uh, let's see if I can find another one. So here's another one. Um, actually, let's go back. Let's go back. I want to do bedwetting. Let's look at bedwetting. Okay, bedwetting. This one's pretty straightforward. It just says about 9 a day. Um, with Bladney. This one is a little well, bit different. Does, it needs to be fixed. Bladney, how does Bladney help bed um, Because it's the bladder. The bladder needs to be strengthened. Yeah. But you're talking about in a child or an adult or both? Both. Both. A child, generally, the first thing you do is milk. You eliminate milk before bed because it numbs the, the bladder and makes it so the kid can, um, the kid won't be able to feel whether or not they're urinating. So let's actually pause for a second. And are, were there any questions on up there? Um, Holly Brewer joined. Okay. Um, so I'll take a second. So if anyone wants to ask questions right now, if you have any questions on Facebook, go ahead and start sending them in, and Lawnette will answer, ask those questions as they come in. Yes. Um, so bedwetting, I'll just mention it. The main ones is Bladney, Nerquilizer, Throbbies, um, and then, of course, it has B-complex, C-complex, multivitamin, and minerals. So all of the elements are going to have it. They're going to have the multivitamin, the minerals, and sometimes B and C-complex, depending on whether it's a stress disorder. Now, for adults, bedwetting can be that their bladder is weak and it needs to be strengthened, so we use bladder. So that's the number one generally. And it can be helpful in kids as well, because sometimes their bladder is weak and that's why they're bedwetting. But you want to make sure with kids that they aren't drinking milk right before they go to bed. It needs to be three to four hours before they go to bed that they have any milk. Okay, yes, so the Bladney for the kids, they would take less because they're probably pretty young. Yeah. And how would you, because they don't all, they're not good at taking capsules, so. Open it up and mix it in something. An My example. parents always mixed it in honey and spoon fed it to us. So I learned to swallow capsules real quick because I didn't like that. But they say that some kids 
you know how you say that they shouldn't do honey from a certain age young people will bring that up oh but honey you can't if do you're scared it. of that use agave agave okay um i'm personally not scared of it and i have some reasons why on that but i'm not going to necessarily go into too much detail on that tonight okay. but if you're scared of it mix it up in agave mix okay. it up in applesauce mix it up in something mix it up in straight water if you want to it just doesn't taste as good okay. um my little girl is four months old and we mix it up in her honey or agave and give her a little bit whenever she's having problems like if she has a fever um, we'll mix up a little bit and just give her a little bit of throbbies because throbbies is amazing when it comes for fevers so um, actually let me do we have the reality miracle therapy can you go grab that please so I'm gonna actually hand this out so you you guys can look at some of these things so you can bring up a little bit more questions if you have any questions about these different sections. I'm going to try to hit the points in here to help you to be able to use it. I'm not going to be able to go over all the different elements in it. I just want you to be able to look at this book and open it up and say, okay, somebody has blisters. What do I do for blisters? So if you want to... Okay. I'll put my There you go. No, I'm going to keep it. I just, I'm just going to let uh, you take a look at it and then Roxanne, and I mean Alanette, <laughs> or Roxanne, if either of you guys want to look at it you're welcome to squeeze in there and look at it so um that's the main thing that's tough to recognize what to do is the way it's dosed um, in blisters it says blood wash 1-3x3 a day so that's one three times a day or three three times a day so three to nine a day on blood wash um for blisters so um, you can go through, and there's a variety of different things. So the, the dosage was confused, but then you want to look at um, blood wash. It looks like you have a question, why would you use blood wash for blisters? Anything that has to do with the skin, you use blood wash. But blisters, you know, does it have to do its course, or don't you pop them? or what, It know? depends. Okay. It depends. Okay. Um, sometimes there's blisters that are um, don't come because you burned yourself, and... So there's a variety of different things. Oh, okay. gotcha. And there's different options in here. So the main things to remember, the number one thing is the number one you take. The number one on the list. So if you're worried about um, being able to achieve a pregnancy, looking at childbirth, um, it says tonic F, and then it says hormone, and it says anemia and bladden. So the number ones you would take is you would first go for tonic F. And that's like, is your menstrual cycle not reg regular? Um, tonic F will help regulate your menstrual cycle. And then hormone helps to regulate your um, ovulation cycle to get pregnant. So, um, and there's several, there's descriptions like on childbirth. It has a description underneath it that describes why you'd use the tonic F in the hormone. But generally the top two, the top two to three are the ones that you would start out or the top one, at least the top one, and then generally the top two, three. And then it goes into nutrient support, in a sense. And the nutrient support are the B-complex, the minerals and the vitamins. So those are gonna be on all of them. Um, I'm gonna see if there's anything else that we need to point out. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Definitely. You, so looking at that, could you figure out how to work those <laughs> section, that section now? Yes. Okay. I, I can do that. Good. Um, so now I guess we'll take a couple questions and then I'll pick three or four of these to go over specifically and really walk through some of these elements. Maybe I know Lonette always has a lot of questions and generally the people here have several questions. So let's let's go into some questions and then um, I'll pick out a couple of these elements if we have some time after questions. No. Okay. So like. When people are on medication like diabetes or high blood pressure, um, how do they start? How do you introduce going healthy without having them stop it? They're always confused on that. Well, um, that's the wonderful thing about herbs. Our herbs are food. you got to look at them as food. And if you eat good food, you start to create health in the body. And when you start to create health in the body, there becomes less and less need for those things. We found that generally... There's not an interaction between the drugs and the herbs as long as they're one to two hours apart when you take them. Don't take them in the same handful. Take them one to two hours apart. Generally, the interaction that happens with herbs and drugs is a lot of drugs are time-released, 
And something as simple as cayenne can negate time release. Anything that's a stimulant, like ginger, can negate time releases because it's a stimulant and encourages the, those things to uh, speed up. So that causes issues. And then there's, but generally, if they're separate and they don't aren't in the stomach at the same time, you don't generally have to worry about it. So you just start treating it. You start giving them the proper nutrients to start to get the system functioning properly. And sometimes you're fighting an uphill battle with them taking a lot of it uh, because sometimes it's messing with the liver or some of the other stuff. And sometimes you're fighting a lot of the side effects of that drug. Okay. Are you going to be doing any seminars or anything like that for people that want to go learn more about your stuff? Absolutely. Um, we're hoping to do one this summer. And it's going to be specifically on this sort of thing that I'm talking about. Specifically on understanding how to use our formulas and really to work with people and do what I do. Um, I've come to the conclusion that I, I've got to get other people to do what I do. I want everyone that's a practitioner that does herbology or anything like that, I want them to know what I know. We've had a lot of success. I've seen a lot of practitioners really fumble around because they don't have the benefit that I have of Dr. James's formulas. So I'm going to do a lot of training and we're hoping to do one I think in July or something like that. We're not 100% sure yet. We'll be a little bit more solid on what we're going to do after April. So any okay. other questions or any on the... So remind me, when, remember how you said when you pull your eye down that means you need or don't need iodine? Was that right? Well that's what Dr. James would always do to see whether you're anemic. You pull it down Oh, and you can see how red it is underneath your eye, and that just shows how much blood is in there and how much iron and everything, because that's what makes your blood red. And so if it's really a light, like white or yellow or really pale, then that shows that there's not enough iron in the system. Not enough iron. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they're anemic. I was so, wondering. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I heard that they can go for everything, like you don't have iron, or you don't have there are a couple things. I mean, iodine is one we recommend all the time. We used to do iodine, but because of all kinds of legalities that happened, we haven't done it for a while. But we're, I keep saying we're close, and we are close. We should be carrying iodine soon. Um, so we'll have our own iodine again. Um, but there's a couple, sometimes I'll use chromium procolinate, but the thing is, if there's something out there that do it, that does it good, I don't make it. I don't try to just have our formula of it. Um, if I want somebody to take garlic, I would tell them to take a good garlic, because there's plenty of good garlics out there. If I wanted somebody to take um, any other individual, or like Shisandra, or something for some issue that I need a little bit of help with it, I would recommend that. And generally, we're in a health food store that has those things. Um, like, I often recommend their ear oil that's here, and it just depends on the issue. We take care of a lot of things, but occasionally pull in some of the others. Um, there are individual things. It's generally individual things, not so much formulas. Um, sometimes we use the thyroid, raw thyroid or raw adrenal. We haven't used those as much lately because we found not iodine is doing a better job than what those are. Those used to do, like, boom, shoot you through the roof. Um, and really work, but iodine is doing a little bit better now. So you use anemia and iodine? Yes, for thyroids. Hands down, that's what we use. We use for anemia for iodine, thyroid. If somebody's got a thyroid problem, we give them for anemia and 15 drops of iodine. Lugol's iodine. Not potassium iodine, not any other type of iodine. Lugol's iodine. Okay. Um, if their thyroid is okay, will that hurt them? Um, one second. Were there any questions on there? Okay. Um, if their thyroid's okay, will it hurt them? No. No, not at all. Um, our, our, we use iodine quite a bit. It's used in our immune system. It's used in every gland there is for our whole glandular system. So it's useful throughout our whole body. And it's not going to be a problem. If we're deficient in it, I, most Americans are deficient in iodine. Iodine is an awesome thing to use. Um. So your dad once said, I wrote it down, and it said something like, what does it mean? Oh, I'm asking you that. He said something about when people have leg issues, that it's usually bowel issues. Mm -hmm. Does that ring a bell to you? Yeah. 
Like, what does that mean? Like, what kind of leg issues? Like? Well, there's a lot of leg issues. Let me um, explain one first. Okay. So we did a thermography of a lady once that um, there was a real hot spot at her spine. And then it, that hot line, it was white on the thermography, and it came down, the white line wrapped around her leg, and then came out at a major sore in her leg. So that was draining from the bowels and causing a horrible sore on her leg. And if you treated it right in the leg, we weren't getting any success. So the thermography really helped with that. But you also have to recognize that the bowels, everything settles. I mean, if there's toxicities and other things like that, and the, the blood that comes from here first goes down here, and then it has to pull up into your body and stuff. So when the bowels aren't functioning, sometimes the legs will ache and there will be problems just because everything flows down there first and then has to come up, and it's kind of like the catch-all of what's going on there. And there's just, you have the main, um, sorry, uh, now I'm the brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, lymph system. So you have um, your circulatory system that goes down, and they also have your um, lymphs that go down there and everything, and then drain and try to pull things back up. And it's your lymphs can drain from here down into your legs and stuff, which causes some problems. So that's why you want to clean up the lymph glands and those sorts of things. And whenever there's leg problems, it's always a good idea to clean up the bowels. And also, generally, we use varicose when there's leg problems. And varicose also helps the bowels because if you have a hemorrhoid, it's a varicose vein that is bulged out and is having problems. So varicose is also used on hemorrhoids, so it helps in the bowels as well with that circulation. And with hemorrhoids, isn't Glen salve the thing to use? Comfrey it, Gold salve is generally Comfrey Gold salve. Yeah. Um, there's, okay. there's, little, there's little hernias sometimes that happen down there that you can actually grease up with that and push it back in. And sometimes you can do that and kind of push in the um, the hemorrhoid as well. But um, varicose is one of those things that's really important in that system because you need to strengthen those veins that are right there. Crystal Natal joined oh. us. Oh, hi, Crystal. <laughs> so um, are there any other questions or anything? I really my left leg always You mean like swollen or? Yeah, and what's swollen in the morning more swollen than Sometimes it can be that that leg is longer than the other, so it deals with more. Sometimes it can be that the kidney on that side just isn't functioning quite as well, or the, the veins aren't functioning quite as well. So it's, it could be a variety of different things. Um, more commonly, it could be that it's just one leg is getting messed up more because it's either the longer or the shorter leg. And some people um, have more pain in their shorter leg than they do in their longer leg. So it really depends because some people um, will, when they walk, it hits harder and stuff like that. Uh, but then some people, it's when they stand on it, it depends on their activities and stuff. Sometimes it, it just depends. It can be damage in that leg. It can be one leg longer than the other. It can be the kidneys things. But anytime they're swelling, bladding is always a good idea because it helps the urinary tract system and helps get the excess water out of your body. Um, in Cleanlax, it said it's helpful in bilisness, which I looked it up, and that's nausea and vomiting. Would that be helpful for hangovers? Because a lot of times we'll have people, and obviously, you know, you're not supposed to drink too much, but, you know, they do get hangovers. Would that help be helpful in that? Well, in biliousness, um, there can be nausea and vomiting, but the problem is is that the, the liver isn't producing enough bile. And so it helps the bile to actually be produced because that specific um, laxative, it's a laxative, and the way that it makes your bowels move is encourages your bowels, your liver, to put out a lot of bile. And whenever bile is introduced into your digestive tract, your digestive tract is like, ah, let's get this out. It makes it move. Okay? And that's how Cleanlax works. It puts bile into the digestive tract, and the digestive tract cleans itself. Gotcha. And that's why it would help with biliousness. Okay. And so there's, there's often vomiting and other things that can be involved in that, but it's the problem with the bile. Not I see. I see. Okay. Um... Can you just talk a little bit about heart to me? Heart? Like, yeah. Heart what is, the heart? Yeah. 
Okay. Our formula heart, actually, I'm not sure, but I think my dad made it for himself <laughs> because he had angina, which is a very painful condition of the heart um, where there can be some swelling and some other stuff like that. But it helps to um, get a regular heartbeat, like when it goes irregular or like just jumps and goes crazy. Um, also, just using just Hawthorne does that as well, but heart specifically helps with the heart and its function. It helps with circulation and encourage circulation better and just the strength of the heart all the way around. Whenever I think of any of our formulas that work on a specific system, they strengthen and tone. So it helps to strengthen and tone the heart and help it to regulate its, its heartbeat. Um, it's, I think that we run off in the wrong direction whenever we think of an herb specifically making an organ do something it doesn't really make the organ do anything. It puts nutrients in there so the heart can have a little bit of regular heartbeat um, or it puts nutrients in there to take pressure off the heart and spread out the circulation through the body a little better and help things circulate um, and, it, and it helps to strengthen it so when it's strong it can function better. So heart can be used, um, we don't often use it in high blood pressure but it, it could be. Uh, it's generally used in conditions where there's um, heart pain, specifically heart pain like angina, um, and or there's enlarged heart or other things like that, or, or you have a weak heart, or um, specific, like really things that are specific to the heart. Because high blood pressure isn't specifically specific to the heart, when we'd often think it is. It damages the heart, and it makes the heart have a hard time, but it isn't necessarily specific to it. Because when there's excess amount of blood that it has to deal with, you have higher blood pressure. If there's um, clogs in the arteries, you can have higher blood pressure because the heart raises the blood pressure to get it through those veins. Um, if the um, veins um, start to break down and don't have the muscle structure that they should, then they kind of collapse. Sometimes your heart, there's higher blood pressure. Sometimes when you're stressed, there's higher blood pressure. So the blood, the heart responds to your issues and raises the blood pressure, and it ends up causing a problem for the heart, but it isn't necessarily the heart's problem. It's not the heart causing a high blood pressure, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's hearts for, like, the specific heart conditions, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Would you prescribe... Um Nerquilizer for um, migraines. Yeah, depending on the migraine. Yeah, I would always go with Robbie's first. Okay. I'd always go with Robbie's first. Um, I had a client. Well, actually, I'm working with a client that previously worked with my dad when she had been in a major car accident. She was in bad, bad shape, and she didn't take any of their drugs for pain. She took only Robbie's and managed her pain 100 percent. She had to take a lot. <laughs> she sometimes would take 10 every hour, sometimes 10 every 30 minutes, and then she'd spread out a little bit further and be able to not take it as much. But she said um, she got sick of taking so many pills. So she went and got their prescription for the heftiest duty painkiller they'd give her, and it didn't work any better. And she didn't like the fact that it could be messing with her liver, so she decided to take that many pills instead. Wow. So, but it's safe to take that many. Yes. Throbbies, you, if you are in pain, if it doesn't work for you, you're not taking enough. My dad um, was blown off of a roof uh, about 20 feet in the air and then went over 20 feet and then landed on a pile of wood and basically broke his back and entirely took care of the pain with just throbbies. Uh, my mom has had all of her teeth pulled and has entirely taken care of the pain with rubbies. I broke my arm, and I entirely took care of the pain with rubbies. Um, I've had my wisdom teeth pulled, and I entirely took care of the pain with rubbies. Throbbies is awesome. And it's awesome, especially for migraines, because the wood betony in it helps to open up the blood vessels in the brain. Because when you get a migraine, they kind of constrict, and you can feel it pulse through those veins. You can feel, oh, oh. every time your heart beats, it just hurts. And it helps to let those, relax those veins and allow the blood to cycle through. And it also helps with the nervous system. And it helps with sleep and all sorts of things. So Throbbies is the first place I would go. Sometimes you need Nerquilizer if there's major stress involved in this headache. If they're just really stressed out. 
but I would still start with Throbby's because Throbby's still helps with the nervous system and helps to relax it a little bit. So Throbby's would most definitely be the very first place to go for a migraine. And if someone wants to take care of their migraine, you just take, tell them, when you get a migraine, take 10 at once and see what happens. Because okay. that's, my mom says, 10 is the magic number when it comes to pain. And she's had a lot of pain. Matt, 10 is the magic number. I have sisters that have um, given birth at home, and the only way they've done anything for the pain has been throbbies. Given birth at home and only use throbbies, okay? That works. <laughs> that really works. Um... Some people will just take three and say, oh, Throbby's doesn't work. You didn't take enough. A three for me does it just fine, but uh, it depends on the pain. Sometimes I'll get a migraine, and for me it's in the eyes. So what I generally do is I'll take Throbby's and I'll take Eyebright because it's my eyes and I get dizzy and fill. And sometimes I'll take a little bit of Eyebright along with it because I find that works for me. My wife doesn't like taking pills, so I would make her a wood betony tea. And sometimes if you don't like taking it, you can just open up the Throbbies. You can put three capsules in hot water, in one cup of hot water, and stir it up, and then let it set for 10 to 15 minutes, and then just drink off whatever's at the top. And it would do the same as having the Throbbies. Or you could do 10 of them. You generally do three per cup. You could do a little bit more. If you're going to drink the sludge at the bottom, you could do all 10 in a cup, and then drink the sludge, and it would be like taking 10. But the sludge is not super pleasant to drink. It doesn't taste bad. It's very minty um, because all it is is wood betony, rosemary, and peppermint. As far as I know, there might be one or two other herbs in it. So, okay. any other questions? Yes. <laughs> so, whenever you want me to stop. Just oh, no, no. In. You always have plenty of questions about that. <laughs> this is good. So, you say when you have hot flashes from menopause to take Don Quai, mm -hmm. but in hormone, it says that when you have hot flashes and menopause issues, you could take hormone. So I use both. So how how would be the difference when I would tell the person? Um, how would I tell them? Well, like would I have them use both of them, or how would I? What would I do there? Well, if you want them to get better quick, you're gonna have them do both. Okay. Because whenever there's hot flashes, you need to level out the hormones of it. Don't quiet is gonna level out the hormones a little bit, but it's circulatory that it's doing. So. Two Don Quai and three Hermon. Oh. And, and how often? Or just every day until okay. it's gone. Two. And if that doesn't take care of it in a couple of weeks, then you would add four of our B complex to it. And then that will take care of it. Does your B complex have B3? Yep. It has um, the whole variety of it. The thing is that we don't isolate them, it just has the herbs that have the whole variety of B vitamins in it. Um, there's a big thing about, oh, you can't be, get B12 naturally, you can get only pseudo B12 and those sorts of things. Um, if you couldn't get B12 somehow, um, animals would die. Elephants would die. So somehow, you get B12 out of plants. And so we use all the plants that are supposed to be pseudo B12 or whatever, um, and they say you can't really get out of plants, but I think that's hokum. I think that you can eat the greens and you can eat the stuff that has a large amount of the B complex and those sorts of things and get it. And so we've encapsulated some of them that will that do the job. We used to have a B complex that had all of the Bs that you're supposed to have, the major B complex. And we switched over to our new B complex. That was actually my formula. Yay, me! No, <laughs> I um, did a lot of research, but Je Dr. James helped me put it together. And um, they didn't, nobody noticed that, actually, people noticed that it worked better for them. They had more energy, and it worked really awesome, and they could take the same amounts, even though there's a lot less concentration. If you assayed it and saw the concentration of each of the vitamins, there's a lot less of those B vitamins, but the absorption rate is completely different, and the way that it reacts in our body is completely different. So it actually, it works in our body better. So you may have 1,000 milligrams of a B vitamin, and only have like three, uh, 50 of the same vitamin, and it's going to react or do better than the one that has the larger concentrations. It's kind of like, um, and it's, for instance, beets. Um, white sugar is a concentration of a part of the beet. <laughs> and we, if using isolate vitamins, 
are kind of using the white sugar of the vitamin. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We're using the isolate that's processed down and it's almost a drug because they've isolated it down in a lab and it takes a lab to break it down to that vitamin instead of using a whole food. And we had for years used a lot of them, but we didn't like some of the sources they came from. And Dr. James for years had wanted to do it, but hadn't done the research and everything. And I got out there and did all the research to be able to put these vitamins together. So we have our B vitamin complex. And it, the, we did it because we wanted our multivitamin. So we have our B vitamin complex, we have our C vitamin complex, and those we had to put together to be able to do our multivitamin complex. Our multivitamin pack has two tissue in, one B complex, one C complex, and one healthy cell. Two tissue Yep. Oh. Um, when Dr. James first made tissue it was called Minivite. Because all of the minerals and vitamins that are in it. So tissue couldn't be left out of that formula, for sure. And the healthy cell helps a lot with the B vitamins as well. Did you have a question? Um, you said, when you said the two down quiet and three hormone per day, you said something like, in two weeks, like it'll be gone. Like, will you no longer have issues? Two weeks or a month, you should start to see a difference. Okay. Um, and would you just? And if there isn't, and if they come back and they're like, "Oh, we want something to help a little bit more," then doing and... four of the B complex okay. will make that difference. And then just continue that, or do you think they'll get to a point where they won't need it anymore? Well, once you get on top of those hot flashes, it's never wise once you get on top of an issue to just stop. What you want to do is try to cut it in half. And then, do you still, do your hot flashes come back at half? Then stay at half for a little while, and then later try to cut it in half. And then if that if you are doing fine, then you can try again um, to reduce it. But never just cut it off, because you're going to go right back to your issues. Okay. Okay. Um, so, silica day, when you use silica day, um, it gets rid of bone spurs. <coughs> how often and how long does it take to get rid of them? You take three a day. And it really depends. It can be a month. Um, if you want to get rid of fast, you could do what Dr. James did with himself and would recommend if you want to get rid of them fast. Get a bowling pin and you crack them off. Seriously. You can just rub them on you and you can break it off and you can rub and your body will utilize it and get rid of it quicker. It's going to hurt like crazy. But it's only going to hurt for that time, and then that pain's going to get a lot better. So that's what, <laughs> and there's some people that, that can do that. And there's some people like, no, nope, I'll wait for the, the silica to do the job. So let me explain what's happening with the silica and why it works. The reason you get a bone spur, and this isn't commonly believed why you get a bone spur, they believe it's too much calcium, but the way I, it's too much inorganic calcium that cannot be reabsorbed into the cells or reabsorbed into the bone. So that's why you get spurs. You get a little hairline fracture, a little bit of damage in your bone, and so your body's sending calcium to deal with that and to fill it in. And if it's inorganic calcium that's not going to be absorbed, then it's going to start to build up. And then your body still sees a problem there, so it sends more, and it sends more. And so you get more and more and more and more of a spur. And you have that issue. And the, the silica helps inorganic minerals to be utilized in the body or to be expelled. So it helps it so it can be reabsorbed into the system instead of having that problem and the dissolving of that takes, uh, it can take a couple months sometimes. Yeah. And that's silica DE, diatomaceous earth. Yes. Okay. So that's what your silica is? Yeah. And when she was asking about our silica that we encapsulate, that is silica D and actually has shaved grass with it, which actually has a lot of silica that helps it to run through our machine and still makes it just as effective. And because it, it has a lot of silica, and actually found when we couple plant material with something that's more of an isolate, then we don't have a problem. Silica is not really an isolate, but we have like our minerals, they're black, because they're coupled with our colloidal mineral, which is organic, it's plant material and the isolate minerals, which right now we haven't been able to get around not using those, eventually we might, <laughs> um, it helps those to be absorbed better and recognized more as uh, NAC to your body. And to get rid of skin tags and warts, 
your favorite thing to use? Uh, it depends. Okay. Uh, skin tags and warts can be a sign of toxicity. I had a little nephew that, um, you know those curly Q light bulbs, those energy savers? One broke in his play area, and they didn't know about it for just a little bit, and we, uh, so they didn't think about it, they cleaned it up and everything, and he started getting a whole bunch of warts. And then they uh, brought him to see Dr. James as his regular checkup or whatever, just to see what's going on. And they found a lot of heavy metals in him. And we're like, what? Why are all these heavy metals in this kid? What happened? And so we narrowed it down to that's the instance. It was the light bulb. And he took enough detoxylation to get the heavy metals out of his system, and the warts went away. So sometimes it can be heavy metals, and especially skin tags, because... Uh, you know, so a lot of times they collect around the neck. Yeah. The neck has a lot of joints, and when heavy metals are released, when they get loosened up, do you know where they like to collect? In joints. So that's why they often will end up around the neck. Wow. So it's often a toxicity problem. You can use eraser oil on them, and if you keep it on there for about a month, consistently, like always moist with eraser oil, they'll go away. But you're not necessarily taking care of the problem because sometimes it's a toxicity. So you could do six or eight detoxylation a night for a while? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I would recommend doing a dry blood analysis so you can see where you are with your heavy metals and where you're going. Um, and then it can take anywhere from three months, if it's a mild problem, to we've had people take five years because uh, they, were, they worked in dentistry before they wore a lot of the masks and everything, and with the grinding out of the, the fillings and the other things like that, had really deep, heavy metals, and it took a long time for that to do. Okay. If you have those fillings, are you constantly getting... Possibly. Or are they sealed in? Uh, at first they're sealed in. As they start to get older, they do start to leak. Um, if you do have them removed, try to. There's some that can actually remove them without necessarily grinding them. Right. Um, and you want to make sure there's a dam in because sometimes that's where you get a lot of the heavy metals is getting them out. You're almost better leaving them in sometimes or having the whole tooth pulled. Okay. So um, it really depends. You just want to make sure you don't get it like super grind. You want to make sure there's a dentist that's actually Trained. cautious about that and worried about it. Some dentists aren't. And sometimes dentists are worried about it and they'll, they'll do their best to make sure you don't get a lot of that heavy metal in there. But it's always a good idea, if you do have those removed, to do a round of detoxylation for at least three months. Okay, if you have them in there, should you always be taking detoxylation? Yeah, it's probably a good idea to take a couple of days. Um, if you're already taking a lot of stuff, I wouldn't worry about it too terribly much. Especially if you're eating a lot of greens, because they tend to carry some of it uh, away. But um, getting a heavy a dry blood analysis would help us have an idea of is it what do you need to, are your fillings starting to leak that we see it getting worse and worse and that sort of thing, then we could go after it. Um, so it's not always necessary. So are there any other I'm questions? I'm done. What time is it? Thank you for what you do. Right there is a clock. Right there is a clock. Close. Okay, so we still have some time. Any other questions around? I could pick out a couple of these we can go over. Um, and so, Lanette, and anyone else that wants to do it, so your assignment for next time is use this book. When you come across, because you had a couple questions that yeah. could have been close to being answered in here, okay. use the book. Whenever anyone uh, comes in with an issue, I'd highly recommend grabbing this book and seeing if that issue is in here. And then you will have an idea of what herbs to start with and what dosages to start with. So, the lowest dose in here is mild. This is, they haven't had very long, this is a really mild issue. The top one is more of an extreme issue, or they just want to get over it quick, and they're willing to take the pills to do it. Because the more you take, the quicker you're going to get over it. Um, so, that's how you're going to decide how to dose that. Okay? So, let's pick uh, somebody, name off an element. Anybody got a problem? Any, um, any ideas? I do have a question. Okay, I've got an answer. Would you like it first? It's still question time. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you can take your question real quick. My, Here, you can look through this one. Okay. My migraines come from scar tissue in my neck. Uh huh. And that's inflammation. Mm -hmm. How do I keep that from happening? 
sugar coats sometimes other things. How can we keep that information in the storage You know what I would do for myself, and it's something that you'd have to make to do for yourself, is I would take DMSO and I would use that as the water to make chamomile a tea with chamomile. So I would use um, a cup of DMSO and I would use probably um, a quarter cup of chamomile flowers and I would make it just like I would make a tea. I'd bring that to a boil and then let it simmer for 10 to 15 minutes with lid on it and then I would shut it off and let it cool and I would squeeze it all out and then I would put it in a roller and roll it on there occasionally. Yes it is. Um, with chamomile, it smells real good so it kind of counteracts it. It's just going to make your mouth taste like cream corn. Instant, because it goes right into your bloodstream and chamomile is one of the best things for inflammation and you can attack that right in the area. I made it for my mom. Um, I can't sell it necessarily because there's all these things about DMSO and using it. Um, DMSO will irritate your skin if you use it too abundantly, just like if you use an essential oil too abundantly, it'll irritate your skin. Um, so, I, so if it does irritate your skin, you just stop using it for a little bit and put some salve on it, like some comfrey gold salve for a little while, and then once the irritation's gone, you can continue to use it. Um, so my mom, I was filling down her spine, and I couldn't feel whether or not um, her spine was out of place, lower down. So, um, and that was because there was so much inflammation. Her discs had really gotten flaked. And I made up some chamomile DMSO, put it on there, and massaged it a little bit. And within five minutes, her inflammation was down. Five to ten minutes. Before I was done, the pain was gone, and I could feel where the spine was. The inflammation may not have been 100% gone, but I could feel it. So did you find one? Um, IBS. IBS? So do you want to, I'm going to put you on screen. Nope. You don't want to be on screen? <laughs> you don't want to ask your questions no, about it? I don't. No. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Variable <laughs> bowel syndrome. I did, yeah. I've been getting a lot of questions and ideas. Yes. Oh, you didn't find it for me. Now I'm going to find it? You're oh, gonna, no. You're going to find it. <laughs> so um, that's what I would do. I keep it around because anytime there's inflammation, if I sprain my ankle and there's inflammation, I'll put it on there because it helps. It's Chamomile is the strongest herb for getting rid of inflammation topically. So using it... Can we just use the chamomile without the DMSO? Yeah, but when you use the DMSO, it helps it to penetrate and act faster. It helps it move it into the body better. And it preserves it. You can make it, and you can leave it on your shelf, and it doesn't rot. So you could just make the chamomile tea and wipe it on. It just won't be quite as effective. So, um, irritable bowel syndrome. Do they sell DMSO here? So actually, what I want to know is your questions about it. If someone came in and they, you have a lot of questions about irritable bowel, and now since you have that information, how could you help somebody with that information? Well, I can't because it's not in here. It's not? Okay. So I'm going to switch um, over to one other one. Try another one. I've okay. been having a lot of people with eczema lately. Okay. So could you help that person with eczema? Um, yes, except for they, you don't have anything on here to actually put on the skin, and they want that as well. Okay. There's nothing even to put on, but I do see the blood wash. Um. Okay, say, so I have eczema. We're going to role play a little bit. Is that okay? Okay. Okay, so I've got eczema, and I've got bad eczema. I get it, um, like, under my arms right here, and I'll get it kind of on the back of my neck, and then sometimes I get it underneath the back side of my knees. Um, eczema? How do you know? Um, it's a rash. They're just really itchy and nasty, and sometimes the doctor tells you you got it. <laughs> so it depends. Sometimes people come in and they've already been diagnosed with it. Okay, so I've got that. What do I what do I do for it along that? Right. So you would definitely do blood wash first. How much would I take a blood wash? I would do. So do two three times a day. I would do two three times a day. Okay. Um, So Happio, it says if you're a boy, you're a boy. So Happio, but it three a day. So you were saying like, and for a girl, it would be hormone three a day. So that was so that's now if they're saying, well, I want something to put on there as well. Is it always comfrey? 
Um, no, not necessarily. Okay. So that's that's good. That was an excellent yeah. place to start. So let's talk about it because that helps bring out some some things I need to fix in there. Because I'm going to go through and fix this thing. All right. So blood wash. Generally, the standard of using blood wash for any skin issue is three, three. That's the standard. You can go up a little bit more, but generally the standard is three. Um, topically, the thing that gets rid of the itch, generally the best, is Glansav. My wife is at eczema and she loves Glansav. Glansav is what she would go to. You can use Comfrey, you can use some of the others, but my wife loves Glansav and she had eczema from head to toe sometimes. <laughs> um, but then another, so that's what you'd use topically, you use the blood wash, but um, eczema is very commonly hypersensitivity to chemicals. So you want to talk to them about what kind of laundry detergents do you use? What kind of soaps do you use? What is touching your skin? Because oftentimes those are the bigger culprit of them and you won't get rid of it until you get those under control. So you recommend that they go to a really clean laundry detergent. And if nothing else, they need to put a um, cup of vinegar or a half cup of vinegar in their rinse loads. You can put it like in a downy ball so it release as like a fabric softener. You use vinegar instead because the vinegar is going to kill off generally most of what you would be allergic to and help get rid of that all the detergent off of your clothes so it won't irritate you. White um, vinegar, right? White it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just vinegar. Okay. Use white because it's cheaper. <laughs> so just um, any of the vinegar. But um, even if they're doing that, it's still wise to go to the cleanest detergent you can find. Um, the cleanest soap you can find for washing your body and for your hair and for any of that and any of the topical things they use. Um, find out are they using bleach and other things like that very common because those can make people break out. So chemicals are very important to let them realize. Look at your environment and what you're touching. Um, and then the other thing is pH. Sometimes people are so acidic when they sweat, the sweat burns them and causes those. And that's why, you know, the, what I just said about I get it underneath my armpits, and I get it behind my leg, and I sometimes get it on my neck. So the ones that would be in the armpits, or that would be in the groin area, or places that you know that would generally have a lot more sweat, it may be that there's a sweat issue, that they're very acidic. So you want them to use like a, a teaspoon of baking soda a day, um, whether it's in all their water or whether it's just a shot glass, to get their pH up so it's not burning their skin as it comes out. Um, but then if it's like up on the neck, sometimes that's the irritation of your collar touching it and your clothes rubbing on it. And um, sometimes it'll be on the chest where your clothes rub and sometimes it's where you sweat, but also where your clothes rub and it's because your sweat is liquefying your detergent and sticking it to your skin and causing those problems and you're hypersensitive to those chemicals. More often than not, it's a hypersensitivity to chemicals. Blood wash isn't going to take care of the hypersensitivity of the chemicals, it's just going to clean up the, the current rash. And then glance out is going to help with the irritation, and then you've got to clean up all that other junk. Now, the other, I can't think of the word, but it's the other that grows on the skin that has the issue. What is it called? Um, psoriasis? Yeah, yeah. Psoriasis? psoriasis? Is that completely different than eczema? So there's... Okay. I'll treat it the same way. Oh, okay. I treat it with blood wash. Any skin issue, I don't care what it is, any any sort of rash, I, I would start them out with free blood wash. And I would often use Glansav because if it is fungal, Glansav will kill it. Glansav is like your, uh, a lot of people use it like a steroid cream or whatever. Um, and use it if there's any fungal sort of issues. Um, let's move the over here a little bit so I can kind of look at <laughs> these people too because I'm looking way far away. So. Um, I would use Glansav um, on any of them, most any of them. Sometimes it's a little bit harsh. So um, you let them know, sometimes Glansav can be a little bit harsh. I haven't found it to be really harsh. My wife really likes it, and most people don't find it to be harsh. It's, it's very, very good. And it really gets rid of the itch of things. And really make sure if fungal's involved, that we eliminate that out. And so blood wash and you, any, any rash, any of that, you can always feel confident that you're going to make some success if you use three blood wash and use Glansav. Okay. So, um, okay. and most rashes, most rashes are some sort of hypersensitivity. They'll name them a hundred different things, but most of them 
are hypersensitivity to some sort of chemical. And then some of them are sweating out stuff, but um, they limit a hundred different things, but more often it's a hypersensitivity to something like that. Okay, so gout has been a big thing lately. And I try to tell people like, um, if they kind of watch like what, what triggers their gout. And I had a lady tell me just the other day, she said, but it isn't like what you eat this day that it happens the next day or hours later. It could be like a week down the road or something. So it's too hard to, right? Is yeah, that right? Absolutely. Okay. I, um, my brother for years, kind of an example along the same line, my brother for years was told by my dad that his vertigo was because he smoked. And that's what was causing his issues with vertigo. And he said, no, it couldn't be because I'll smoke and I won't have vertigo for a week. But he found that exactly a week after he smoked, he got vertigo. And after he really got down and he really quit, and then he smoked, a week later he got vertigo. So sometimes you can't track it. Sometimes it's weird, and it could be a month later, it could be those sorts of things, because it takes a while to cause a problem. Because um, the thing that really contributes to gout is getting acidic. And when you get acidic, and that's why the meats cause a problem, is because they require a lot of acid in your stomach to break down properly. And that's not what acidifies you. What acidifies you is when that acid moves into your um, intestines, it has to be alkaline. It has to, be, it has to move from a pH of 1 to 2 when the meat's being broken down to a 7, uh, 6.5 to 7 to move the rest of the way through. And it does that by pulling minerals from your body to deal with that. And if those minerals aren't keeping you alkaline somewhere else, and they're put on this to alkaline it, to neutralize it, then you become more acidic. And as you become more acidic, a lot of other things can start to crop up. So, blattening is one of the number one really important things for that because it helps the urinary tract to get rid of uric acid. So, um, you have it there, so how yeah. would you treat... go ahead. Yeah. Gout now. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, finish up your gout, then I want to Okay. How would you treat gout now? Um, arthrite and bladney. How many would you use of each? Um, Arthrite says 6 to 12 per day, and Bladney says 1 to 6 per day. Um, I was telling them 2 of each 3 times a day. So that's pretty So cool. generally what I would do yeah. is 9 Arthrite and 6 Bladney. Okay. And... If, let's just give an example, because I, I get this a lot, like if they can't, at that moment, they cannot afford but very little, would you do one over the other? Or I would do a smaller package. Okay. I'd and first go to a smaller two. package. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And get that them to sense. get the both, both of them, because arthrite is going to go to the joints and help to clean them up and get rid of all that junk that's causing the pain. Bladney is going to take all the junk that now is in the cell and move it out the urinary tract. So how do you do one without the other? Yes. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So it's it's important that they're both. And you you could just do arthrite, and you may start to get some success, but it's it's not going to be the same because now you you clean up the joint and you have all this junk to go somewhere, and the main place it goes through is the urinary tract. So you want the urinary tract function on top of its game to get rid of all that junk. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You may have a question. What if if you have somebody who's like taken like the PM minerals and does a lot of vitamins, minerals, and you know does a lot of supplements and stuff like that, but they're still getting um, tardy horses yes. in the leg leg cramps? What yes. what do you think that's? I would um, give them varicose. Varicose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because varicose helps the circulation in the legs and helps get things down there and helps pull things out. It helps the, the veins and the legs function properly. And when those function properly, you can get a little more nutrients in those legs. Um, and then oftentimes, um, if they aren't taking four minerals, I would take it up to four minerals until we get rid of those charlie horses. Okay. All right. Dr. So I would just, the, I wouldn't go to other minerals, and this is why. In that mineral, we have, there's 17 minerals that make up your bones. And they're all in certain ratios. So we have the right ratios of all 17 minerals in there, 
So instead of going and throwing off your ratios in your body of getting another mineral, why not just boost all 17 that deal with it and not fiddle around? Yeah. Because if you just take calcium, all other 17 minerals have to be in the right ratio for a calcium to be absorbed clear through. Does that make sense? So if you just take calcium and you're lacking magnesium already, that magnesium, you're going to be lacking it even more because it's going to go in here to absorb it. Or not all the calcium is going to get absorbed because it doesn't have the other minerals to attach to it to help to absorb it properly. So it becomes a toxin that floats around in your system that can't be used because it didn't have anything else with it. So if there's a lack of minerals, take more of the minerals. I would take the B minerals because it has the colloidal minerals in there that help with that absorption. And then it has a large amount of calcium and magnesium and potassium. And if you look at the ratios on it versus some of the others and stuff, it really has a lot and it's able to do what it needs to do. Okay. There any, did that answer your question? So, yeah, yeah, because I was just, you know, when you think, well, they're taking the different things, but the varicose is a good idea too. Yeah, I had a, <laughs> we had a lady that owned um, or managed a gas station. And she loved varicose because if any of her um, employees whined about their legs hurting while they were standing on the concrete, she'd give them three varicose. And she knew from it working from herself and all the other people she worked with that she they were their legs weren't going to hurt anymore, and she didn't feel bad sending them back to work because varicose is phenomenal. So if you're standing a lot of times and your legs just ache, take varicose. Um, if uh, would that be something that would help, like people who? When they wake up in the morning, their legs are like thinner and stuff, and they're not really like it's not like water retention so much as well. Maybe you know it's just kind of like they get heavier at night. You know, mm -hmm. is that a is well? That a sometimes those people's thing? yeah. Sometimes the varicose would help, and then sometimes it's good to slant their bed a little bit because that helps things to just naturally flow a little bit better instead of all day your heart's working to get it up and it flows down and then it works to get it up. But if you put in a little bit of slant, it flows down and works a little bit more to get it up, and it allows um, some of that that may cool down there to slide out. So, but, are you saying to slant the bed to where your legs are up? You're saying if they cool, if they swell a little bit. Well, what's ha what if they're like down in the morning? They're thin, oh. and then toward evening they're just always kind of like heavier. You well, know? when they're heavier towards the evening, generally that's because they're up and around and moving more and they're standing up and their heart just is having a hard time moving it up. But the first thing that I would do is flatten for that because that would help them process their water throughout the day better because it's a urinary tract thing more often than not. Okay, all right. So this here is showing mucus, ammonia, and then phlegm up. And I was just, when people have a lot of mucus, I was just telling them phlegm up to get it out. And that's what I've always used is the phlegm up. But, I mean, I guess Dr. James yeah. put the ammonia on there first. I often would use it for um, whenever you cough and it really hurts in the lungs and other things like that. But um, ammonia, and I would, you could use them together. Um, I generally use phlegm up first because it helps to remove out that mucus. But Dr. James knew what he was talking about. Yeah. So okay. it would be a good thing to give it a yeah. try, see how it works. Exactly, yeah. Is that a question on there that's at the top, Flona? Uh, something else? No. Okay, cool. And hopefully yep. comments come up there. So I'll look later to see if any comments came up and yeah. if we actually, it's actually going to work. Oh, actually, it did work because they said hi and everything. So yes. it does work. Okay, yes. never mind. <laughs> yes. So are there any other questions online or anywhere else? Because we are almost at time. We're going to stop here in just a little bit. What did you say? How much? Baking soda per day. Teaspoon. Per Occasionally gallon. somebody has to take two teaspoons a day, but it's not, yeah. Um, and then sometimes we just have to do have them have a really good diet that takes care of um, their issues. So a teaspoon is generally sufficient. <laughs> generally. Did you have another question, Lana? Um, what's the best thing for... Um, Sores, canker sores. Anything around the mouth is a digestive issue. Oh. Anything around the mouth or right in the mouth is a digestive issue. So you always need to treat the digestive tract. It would probably be a good idea to take Zyme or Colster or something like that, just in general for the digestive tract, because most people that have those will have them pop up semi-regularly. Yeah. Um, so for a cold sore, first thing you do, 
Uh, once it's bloomed, it's a pain to take care of. You have to let it run the course, and it's going to take a while. So you can do things to kind of speed it up, but it's going to take its time. If, when you first feel it start to prickle, if you take 4,000 milligrams of lysine, generally it kills it. Oh. And then it doesn't bloom. Oh. It doesn't come out. And then if it does bloom, you're at the taking 4,000 milligrams a day until it dies until it goes away, or at least a thousand milligrams, and then you want to take some zyme and some other things to treat the digestive tract. But if that happens regularly to a person, you really need to look at their digestive tract, what's happening in their digestive tract. Um, if they're getting those regularly, you need to heal the digestive tract so those don't continue to crop up. And would that be inside the mouth sores as well? Is um, it digestive or just the It is digestive, side? yeah. Okay. Uh, right inside the mouth, anything that happens right in the mouth yeah. is digestion. Even um, when babies get thrush, yeah. that's a digestive. That's actually showing um, a yeast problem generally. But you, with thrush, it's a miracle for thrush. You get red, red raspberry tea, and you squirt it on the mouth, and you can see the thrush just fall off. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome what it does. And that's in adults as well? Can you gargle with it? Yep, thrush is amazing. Uh, no, I mean, uh, let's see. I always get confused with the red raspberry and red clover. It is red clover that you use for milk supply, and it's red raspberry that you use to take care of the thrush. In adults as well? Yeah, anytime you see thrush. Oh. Yeah, they'll take care of it really quickly. And if the mother is nursing and um, there's thrush on the baby, oftentimes it can transfer to the breast or to the nipple, and she can squirt it on herself and it'll get rid of it and squirt it in the baby's mouth and squirt it before she feeds and things like that, and it'll take care of the thrush. You just make the tea. Oh, red, raspberry. red raspberry tea. You just make up the tea and then you just put it in a little squirt bottle. Yeah. And it looks like we're time, so we're going to shut this down. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That See you all amazing. later. Uh, shut this off, see if I can figure out. Finish.